Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am here today with our lead pastor, Mr. Paul Eastwood. Hey. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Excellent. Uh, it is Monday, and yesterday you preached the third in our series that we're calling Leader's DNA. Uh, kind of these core things that we feel like the Bible and God is calling us to as those who lead some of these, these really important characteristics that we should show, and this week was on compassion. Right. Uh, do you want to just give us a little recap of, of what you said and uh, some maybe some of the highlights? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the big picture that we talked about when we talked about this idea of compassion is that I think that there is a certain part of us that feels like we are compassionate when we do things like, you know, give money to a certain cause or do something at arm's length. And what I was telling us to think about is is how compassionate are we really? And how many things do we walk past when really there there might be an opportunity for us to reach out? And um, anyway, so there, that, that's where we sort of started from it. And we, we told the story uh, of Jesus coming into a city when a funeral procession was coming on the, the other direction. And really what I challenged us to do is to, is to follow his example in seeing needs when they present themselves, hmm. feeling the weight of those needs, and being moved to action uh, to actually work towards restoring whatever is broken or whatever the issue might be. Hmm. And so that's where we focus. But I, I think one of the things that, that perhaps wasn't as clear is this idea of, of how does compassion fit into leadership specifically? Sure. And, and I think, you know, for me, I think these characteristics that we've been talking about, um, you know, the idea of being connected to the vine, the idea of servanthood, th- these are really important things for all of us to, to be thinking about, mm-hmm. but specifically for people who are in positions of influence where they have lots of people who are reporting to them perhaps, or they're in a position where they're, they're providing leadership to some other kind of group. I think it's really important for us to think about some of these characteristics and really work towards finding uh, places where we can display them. And I, I think compassion is one of the ones that is very strange for a leader. Hmm. Um, we tend to, especially in North America, really value those leaders who are the A-type personalities who you know push things through and move forward no matter what the cost and all of those kinds of things. And I think that there's something really valuable about uh, identifying compassion as a characteristic that we we sort of filter things through before making decisions. Hmm. Um, and I don't think that necessarily means that it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to halt progress or any of those kinds of things. But I think that that leaders should be compassionate. They should care about the people that are around them. And I think that they gain more influence when they demonstrate that characteristic. Sure. Yeah, that's great. You talked a lot about uh, distractions. I mean, so much right. of the sermon was a call to to be more aware in one yeah, way or like, another. It's like keep your head up. Yeah, right? that yeah. kind of thing. And and you talked about the challenges of that. Some of the distractions. Yeah. What are some some of the distractions you've seen in your own life, uh, and some of the ways that you've kind of worked through those or, or tried to work around them and get over them? Yeah. Well, I, I would hesitate. So, so one of the things I would say is that the idea of distraction. Um, tends to put whatever I'm going to say next into a negative light. Sure. And I don't think that necessarily all distractions are bad. In fact, yeah. the things that distract us most are often good things. Sure. Right? So um, I don't want to give the impression that my family is a distraction. Hmm. But I also know that when I fill my time, when Michelle and I fill our time with all kinds of activities and things that are going on, that can keep us from reaching out to a neighbor, recognizing when somebody's in need, those kinds of things. Yeah. And so my family in that way is at times a distraction, but mm-hmm. not in the sense that I, yeah, you know, I don't want to give the impression that this is something that you know you need to rid that distraction or get rid of it because sure. obviously it's a good thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's I mean, like so many things. There are, yeah. there are good things that when out of place or with too much emphasis can become problematic. Um, Listen, you know, how many people are, quote unquote, distracted by church things? Hmm. I mean, think about all the activities that we're involved in. And here at our church, sometimes we... We tend to be, we're trying to move in a direction where we're giving people more space and yeah. more time to be able to engage with the people that are around them. Yeah. Because uh, I believe that's part of our calling is to reach out to people and, and represent Christ in our circles of influence. But if we're spending all of our time at church activities, uh, then then guess what? We might actually be distracted. Distracted yeah. from uh, a really important goal that we have to help people you know, learn more about Jesus. Well, I mean, Jesus was always after the, the Jewish leaders about, you know, you've, you've got your head stuck in the rules. You're trying to do things with the systems you've created. And they were good systems that were created to point people to God. And Jesus often called them out for lacking compassion, for lacking the the need to, to love the people around them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes our churches can fall into the same thing. I think Um, it can be, it can be difficult. So, so how do we become, more aware. Uh, how do we how do we dig into these things? Well, I think I think that one of the so we we have you know one of two responses. One one response might be when we start talking about compassion is that we say I already am. You know, like I give my money to whatever organization, or you know I'm uh, I'm you know I I already am engaged in some way, and so we dismiss uh, the opportunity or or maybe the potential opportunities that might be out there. The second way I think that sometimes we respond to this. Um, to this idea of being more compassionate is we is we want to jump into something huge you know we mm. want to we want to make you know we want to we, we say like i want to be involved in you know ending slavery around the world and i want to be involved in some of these fantastic things yeah. but again what what sometimes we can do is we can we can be so focused on those places or those you know those opportunities that we miss things that are right in front of us hmm. And I think that the first step for all of us is not necessarily to open your eyes to possibilities by, you know, going online or reading about, you know, uh, social justice issue in the world or anything like that. I would say our first step is to start to like, get to know the people around us. Hmm. Find out. Chances are, if you actually had a deep conversation with one of your neighbors, uh, I think that if you had a... a if you had one of those conversations, you would find a, a place of pressure and pain and suffering because it's the, it's part of the human condition. Yeah. And so your neighbor's already hurting for some reason. You know, go find out why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not suggesting that everybody is is you know deeply uh, you know hurting or in this you know, places of depression. But I think that that there are probably things going on in people's lives that are right around you that you probably have the best opportunity of anybody to make a difference in. You know, hmm. for instance, if you're if you are connected to a sports team, maybe you play, you know, in a sort of beer league hockey or you play some kind of sport. Yep. In a team context, you have an opportunity to speak into people's lives like no one else can. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people and lots of people should address the issue around the world of human trafficking or whatever it happens to be. Yep. But when it comes right down to the person who's in front of you, there's no one else who's going to have that deep conversation with your the person that plays left wing or whatever it is, right? Yeah. You know, you have that opportunity. And so I think for us, the most important thing is in terms of in terms of really increasing our ability to see what's around us is to actually pay attention to people who are closest to us. Sure. Start there. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start. So, I mean, I, I love what you're saying here. Um, I think it's really important to remember that 
that poverty, right? We all want to deal with poverty and, and right. in some ways compassion is a response to poverty, is a response to brokenness. And it's it's easy to define poverty pretty in these big global ways as lack of stuff or, yeah. or you know, housing or resources or water. And absolutely, we need to go after these things. But um, one of the fundamental things we believe as followers of Christ is that we have a shared poverty. All yeah. of us. All of us have sin. All of us have brokenness in our lives. All of us have a need for God. And we, we kind of ended there with the big, you know, I, I can be compassionate on you, but the truth is what you need most is Jesus. Um, yeah. And, and often the way people get there is first, I have compassion on them. First, I see their need and respond yeah. to it. Um, but I love that. You know, our neighbors need it as much as the kids in Africa we don't yet know. Yeah, and maybe and maybe one of the ways that we could look at it and this is just, you know, as I'm sitting here is is that there are there are corporate ways to exercise compassion and yeah. then there are individual ways to exercise compassion. Sure. And I think corporately we can all work together to bring water to people who need it mm-hmm. or to you know, to, to serve the, the under the marginalized or the poor yeah. or whatever. I, I mean, even politically in, in the systems sure. we create and the things we do there. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this corporate compassion that we can join up with others and, and accomplish something. But I think what I think is most important for us personally is that, is that those personal opportunities for compassion hmm. and, um, and that's where things that we might not be working with others. We, this might just be a one-on-one kind of deal. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, you talk, a little bit about compassion and how we can kind of unearth it in ourselves and, and become more aware of it and right. engage with these things. Uh, what would you just say to someone who says, you know, I'm just not a very compassionate person. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've all got different personalities. We're, we're all even unique, uniquely gifted, unique um, passions. How, what do you do with someone who says, I'm just not compassionate naturally? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good question in the sense that I, like, I don't, I don't know if I have a, a perfect answer for it because the truth is that I tend to lean more towards the mercy gifts. If you were to mm-hmm. sort of map out my um, giftings. And so this is great. Cause I do not. Okay. So, <laughs> so you tell me um, how, you know, is compassion, isn't Do you believe that compassion is something that's inside all of us? Uh, yeah. So I would say to a point it is, um, but I would say like all of these, these things that we're called to, uh, they're a calling mm-hmm. and, and they need to be a learned calling to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just because I don't naturally feel tons of compassion for people doesn't mean that I shouldn't learn how to do it. I, I always yeah. think that our, our personalities and, and even our gifts to an extent are our, I had a boss who used to say it's our defaults without wisdom. Yeah. Um, but do you think that, but even, even in, in that, like, yeah. do you, do you, I understand that there are some people who are, you know, just moved emotionally by everything, right? Sure. They read a, yeah. you know, a romantic novel and they're, you know, in tears or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but don't you think that it, that everybody at some level, if they, if they see injustice in some way that their heart goes out to that situation, like if, especially if it's something that's very close to you. So, you know, if someone, you know, someone close to you or a family member or a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, is let's say you, you find out that someone has, you know, um, the children, like there's some kids who have lost their parents because a drunk driver is, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, there's been an accident. There's a part of you that kind of feels, Ooh, that's, that's tough. Like, that's hard. That's not right. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I, it's funny, I, I actually see it changing as I get older in myself. Right. Um, there's things that I'm more sensitive to, to now, now that I have children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that I'm, I'm more emotional about. Um, and I know some people as they get older actually sometimes can become more cynical and, and more 
cold. Yeah. I've seen that happen too. But maybe uh, compassion is connected really, really strongly with justice. Yeah. Because I think there I is the sense of, of right and wrong that is, that's in us mm-hmm. uh, that, that really kind of pushes us towards, uh, you know, compassion when we see it being, uh, you know, seeing that justice being uh, broken somehow. Yeah. And I mean, so I always think of, um, I mean, this, this ties together as well, worship. I, I think of worship as, as something when we come and engage in corporate worship and singing together, it has to be something that affects our minds our emotions and our wills, Mm -hmm. right? So like to just have an emotional response to something for your heart to go out to someone, Mm -hmm. but to not let it change the way you think or change the way you act is a mistake. Right. Um, And I think compassion requires all of those things. I think it requires this, this reaction, this, my heart goes out to you. And often that's how God prompts us at first for sure in a situation, but it then requires us to, to think about it and think, how do I help someone well? Yeah. Uh, And then, to actually do it. Well, the example I think that we talked about from Jesus is that what it moved from his eyes to his heart to action. Yeah. And I think that progression is really important because, because you and I will pass by somebody and you see them, perhaps you see them. I remember going to a Tim Hortons once and there was a lineup and it was a long lineup and the guy behind the counter just seemed like he hated life. Like he mm. was just in such a terrible place. I mean, he was moving things around, kind of like flopping coffee cups around <laughs> and stirring things sort of randomly and so almost aggressively. Like there just seemed to be something wrong. And person after person in line was just getting their coffee and going, getting their coffee and going. And then yeah. when I got there, I was like, Is there, hey, are you okay? Like what's going on? And I think there are moments where we see something, but I think what we do at that point is we start to rationalize. And sure. we say, you know what? It's not a big deal. He's probably just having a bad day. He doesn't want to talk to me about it. Or there's something going on. And I think what we're doing in that case is we're actually trying to disconnect our hearts from the situation. Yeah. If I can disconnect my heart, if I don't feel anything for this guy, mm. then I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be moved to action at all. Yeah. So, so that's the part that you're talking about is that connection, connecting what we see to our hearts and allowing ourselves to actually feel for that person in that, in that context. Yeah. And I actually think our, uh, our ways of communication, the text messages and social media, um, and, and the fact that we can communicate so well without being face to face now, doesn't help us here. Mm. I think it's actually harder to have compassion on someone when you're not across from them. Right. Um, and I, I this is one of the reasons I think compassion is so key yep. today in, in how we interact with people. And I would say, so, so we talked another thing about is getting close, right? Yeah. And, and I think this idea when you talk about, so if I, when I'm, I can read into a text from my wife yep. much more, much e- more easily than I can read into a text from, you know, just say someone who's, you know, that I don't know very well. Yeah. And so I think part of the the thing that we need to fight against is that if you, if your relationship with someone is just via text, yeah. Um, you know, perhaps the next step would go a little deeper and, and mm-hmm. be face to face with them so that, so that you can pick up those nuances and start to learn, uh, what, what's behind some of the things that they're writing. Even. Yeah. 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 I, we touched briefly on fear. Um, and fear is this thing that often motivates us. How, how does fear tie into compassion? You know, for me, sometimes I feel like, um, I, I avoid certain things or, or don't take my kids places or, uh, don't put myself in risky situations where I might be able to have co- different kinds of compassion on people because I'm afraid of the outcomes or it feels like there's too many risks. Yeah. Should, as followers of Christ, should fear motivate us? How do we, how do we wrestle with that? Well, I think, I think that we, we recognize, I think that, that, you know, the Bible talks about this idea that, 
that perfect love drives out fear. Yeah. And I think that the more that we love, the more that we feel for others, uh, the fear begins to drop away. Sure. So an example would be that if in an emergency situation, if you see a kid who falls into a, a pool yep. um, and they're struggling to swim, you run and you jump in there immediately. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that holds you back. You don't care about whose pool it is. You don't care about whether your phone's going to get wet. You don't You don't like, and so I think sometimes there's a lot of, in an emergency situation, you're driven by your desire to, to help that, the person who's in that, in that situation. Mm -hmm. The trouble is when it starts to get a little bit further away, that's where the fear starts to bubble up and keep us from doing something. So sure. I'll, I may be afraid to go talk to my neighbor because I don't know where it's going to go or I don't know what, you know, what the conversation is going to be like. I don't know if this is going to ruin my relationship, all mm -hmm. of those things. Yep. And I think that the more we, if we're feeling that fear, I think that the, the, the goal is to, is to move ourselves to a place where we feel more love or more compassion for the person. So we start to really think about feeling what that person might be feeling and maybe, and perhaps that moves us past fear. Yeah. So, uh, let's, let's play out a hypothetical just for fun. Say so you're driving along, uh, uh, let's let's say North Service Road, uh, which is the road I drive along daily, and you see someone off to the side with a flat tire. Mm -hmm. um, do you have compassion on them? Is having compassion on them necessarily pulling over? Is it, you know, ah, uh, the next person will get it. They've probably already called CAA. How do we respond in these? <laughs> it's a tough one, right? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how how we normally respond, I would think, and you can correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but I think that if, if we see that it is a, you know, single mom or dad who seems to be struggling with the, the tire iron or can't figure out which way the, the you know, you can catch that yeah, pretty sure. quickly. Uh, there's a kid in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they clearly don't know what they're doing. You're likely going to stop. Um, if you, if you see someone who is, who seems to be doing okay or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever rationalization you can, you can make, you probably yeah. wouldn't stop. Yeah. So I think that's another indication of, of, um, that kind of feeling what the people feel. But, but I would say in those, in those circumstances, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly when you would need to, you know, move on that or when you wouldn't. Sure. Um, but, but I would say that, that. I would pay attention to the the excuses that you make mm -hmm. and then and then decide whether those are rational or, or irrational. Yeah. Um, you know. Definitely. I, I would also say um, something I'm trying to do more, be in conversation with God in those moments. Yeah. Right. We, we say we've got the Holy Spirit with us. We say that he's living inside of us and he's prompting us. Then, you know, if we're unsure, be like, God, am I should reveal to me if I'm if I'm missing something here, like help me help perfect love to cast out all fear call me to what what you need to do and sometimes that'll be clear and sometimes it won't um but the more we can kind of walk around asking and and being attentive to what god is calling us to and the opportunities that are in front of us yeah. i think the more we can practice this compassion and if we're and if we're driving by an opportunity that may not be the best time to pray about it because it's gone sure. but imagine yeah. beginning our day every yeah. day saying god help me to see with eyes that uh that are like yours and help me to recognize places where I need to move in. And I think that the, when those opportunities present themselves, we'll find ourselves moving towards compassion more often than not, because we will see things the way that Jesus does. I love it. I think that's a great place for us to end here. Sure. Um, thank you. We've got uh, one more week, and then we're going to take a little break, do something a little bit different for the summer. But uh, if you enjoyed this, it. you know, feel free to go back and listen to more, and uh, we will 
see you next week on Postscript. Postscript.